time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. I'm Sean Harris. To the left of me is the Wizard of Wealth Management, the man with the income plan, Mr. Jess Hamill. Good morning. I like it. Sounds like a wrestling match. <laughs> and to my right is the pioneer of private lending, the finest beard in finance, Mr. Jaden Newman. Gentlemen, welcome to the airwaves. Man, I'm blushing over here, Sean. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thought I'd mix I'm it up a little a beer bit. Today. <laughs> Good morning, gents. How's everybody doing today? Great. Awesome day so far. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. We had a, a great episode last week. We said farewell to our good friend Chris. Uh, I thought it was a really great episode. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to miss that guy too. He knows what to say, and I'm not quite sure all the time. <laughs> You'll get there. So who are we? We are with Noble Capital. We are a private investment firm. We deal with real estate, wealth management, and private lending. And if you listeners out there want to learn more about us, you can go to noblecapital.com and find everything you could possibly ever want to know about us at Noble Capital. We're also on Facebook, at Noble Capital, Instagram, at Noble Capital Radio, and on Twitter, at Noble Capital TX. So what are we talking about today, guys? I believe we're talking about life insurance, of all things. Yeah, what's the title of the show here today? It's yeah. Life to the Fullest. Life to the Fullest. We are talking about the sexiest topic in finance, life insurance. Yeah, well, you know, life insurance is is one of the strategies that we talk to clients about. And it's it's interesting because every, everybody thinks life insurance. You think about what you knew and, or what you think you know, know from your past because life insurance has been around for longer than any of us have been around, yeah. any listeners. 1850. 1850. So this is basically Mr. Life Insurance over here sitting next to me. Jess, <laughs> Jess is an expert on life insurance. I've, I've learned about it both from you know having a, a mother who was in life insurance m- most of my life growing up from middle school on, and, and then myself in the last 10 years with our with our wealth management practice, we've learned that you can use life insurance as a wealth management tool. Um, it's not just all about insuring, you know, your your life for for a death benefit for the traditional things that people associate life insurance with. But I wanted to to, to say this too to set the tone. You know, when we put a portfolio, a, a plan together for a client, we we have a number of different tools and strategies in the toolbox, and this is one we reach into. Uh, for specific purposes, and I hope to get into that a little bit today. Yeah, so that's interesting because I'm, you know, I'm kind of the financial dummy in the room here. Uh, I, I'm not an expert like you guys, and obviously, I have uh, life insurance policy through my employer, right? 
And you know, my impression of life insurance is is basically you you pay into it, and when you die, there's a, a payout to to my kids or to my wife or or whatever. But what you're saying is that's that's not exactly the case. Uh, it can be used for other things. It's the fundamental basis for which it was uh, established. You know, back in <clears throat> the mid 1800s, 1850 is when the insurance industry is recognized as being a mainstream industry. I'm sure prior to that. Somebody had a great idea and went to his neighbor and said, hey, slip me some cash, and when you die, I'll give your wife a little bit more. But the, the notion of that was basically for widows. Um, you know, Back then, you had the man typically was earning the income. You had a lady with 12, 15 kids and a household to run. So if something happened to him, not only did she lose the income, she did not have the ability or the time to go out and generate some income. Right. Um, so we call it life insurance, but we can't replace a life. What it really is meant to do is replace income. And make sure that somebody doesn't get get left hanging with either a mortgage or with trying to support the kids or whatever. But because of the way that the premiums are structured and the design of it, we can manipulate those policies and use them for something they were never designed to be used for in the first place and turn them into a living benefit that far exceeds the death benefit. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. I, I mean, honestly, you hear people talking about, you know, insurance salesmen the way that they talk about used car salesman, right? And there seems to be a, you know, I don't know if it's a misperception, but a, a definitely a negative perception in some cases about, you know, insurance salesmen. So what, why is that? It can be, and we still run into that occasionally. You know, back in, before computers um, were prevalent, you had insurance guys that would come knock on your door, and they also came and picked up the premium sometimes once a week. And like any other industry, um, when there is potential to commit, you know, to do things that aren't so cool, um, that left a lot of room open there. So you had insurance guys that sometimes would take the premiums and pocket them. Um, you would have people taking advantage of people that didn't quite understand it. And so we're talking about 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, old school stuff that still hangs on and, and moves forward. But the, uh, the insurance industry today is, uh, is a whole different game. There are so many different things to use the insurance policies for than they used to be a long time ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to represent um, quite a few insurance companies. My, my parents are both in that. They were both very successful New York Life agents. And I learned a lot about it through them before I got involved in it. And uh, I have a tendency to start speaking faster when I get excited. It's something that all my coworkers tell me to slow down. Yeah, I was it, about to it, tell you, you're getting excited over here. It's funny, here, you know, so. I'll be in front of a client and I'll start talking about life insurance. Next thing I know, I'm talking real fast and they're looking at me thinking, this must be the most boring guy in the world. He's getting excited about life insurance. And I'm going, I've yeah. got a garage full of Harleys. I live a very exciting life. So um, I'm not a nerd. Life insurance <laughs> is a really cool way to, to um, plan for your future without having to die. And it's something that I'm, I believe in wholeheartedly myself. How about you? Yeah, so what what I was going to add to that is is more modern day you know, when you think of some of the some of the misconceptions about life insurance or the reason it's getting a bad rap, like you're talking about, Sean, is, you know, there's a lot of of financial advisors that are really just product salesmen at the end of the day. We talk a lot about this because, you know, one of the big decisions you're going to make when you're when you're retiring, this is a, a this is the kind of the beginning of the road is who's going to be my coach. Um, and, and who's going to be my guide to help advise me through retirement, well, mm -hmm. whether you want a, like a full service approach or you just want to come in and counsel about tax planning or estate planning or, you know, maybe you have one or two investments you need some help with. Maybe you like our, our real estate offerings, which is unique. A lot of people come to us because of our private lending program and the, the funds that we offer. But regardless of what your needs are, 
you know, when we talk about product salesmen, you, there's a lot of just life insurance product salesmen. I mean, that's all they do. And, and that's not a big knock on them. That's actually where it's interesting. Je- Jess and I's, uh, you know, mothers, but both actually, that's where they started selling life insurance. And Jess has a background in that. I've, I've just sold life insurance before, but the big picture planning is a whole different approach than just selling a product. So if you've worked with the product salesman, maybe you ended up with a good, a good product as you've learned more about it. But a lot of folks end up, you know, never hearing from that, that salesman again. And then, you know, they're not really getting a lot of service other than just, just an acquisition or a purchase of a product. Yeah. So that, that brings up an interesting point. You're, you're talking about how we at Noble Capital use life insurance uh, in our, our wealth management strategies for our clients. So you don't necessarily have to go to a an insurance company to buy life insurance? That's correct. So if you went to, I'm not going to mention any names, but a specific uh, big box life insurance company and said, uh, you know, I'm here, I would like to buy some insurance, you're going to get what they have, period. Um, when you come to us and we're putting together a plan, and some part of that plan includes needing life insurance either for the death benefit or for the cash accumulation or a combination of both, we now have a variety of insurance companies that we can go to because some of them are going to perform better for death benefits, some will perform better for cash accumulation, some will perform better for a 70-year-old man, and some perform better for a 45-year-old woman. So we can go to the spot that works the best for the client as opposed to one company trying to just make everybody fit in. And Jess, what, do you, what question? On, so, what? How many life insurance companies do you think we represent now? I have, I have a number in my head, but thirty-ish or so. Yeah, there's at least thirty, maybe upwards of forty, that we have access to. And these are all that you name the company, like the biggest companies in the world, mm-hmm. and we we represent them. Um, we have the best, as opposed to a captive agent that works for one company. Like Jess said, when you know that's a question you always want to ask is. Are you captive if, if you're talking to an advisor? Because that means they only have one set of tools and everybody mm-hmm. sees the exact same tools. And it's going to be pretty obvious because the name of the insurance company will be on their card, and that is their employer, as opposed to we don't work for an insurance company. The insurance companies work for us. That's good. So it's kind of like if you go to McDonald's, all you can order is McDonald's, yeah, you're not right? Getting, yeah, you're getting but, a Big Mac, that's it. Yeah. But we're more like the Cheesecake Factory, where you can get a burger, you can get a steak, you can get pasta, you can get a salad, pretty much whatever you want, right? It's a little cheesy, but yeah, something uh, like that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, again, I'm the financial dummy here, and I have to kind of you know put it into perspective I can understand. Well, when we get back, I want to kind of dive down a little bit and talk a little bit about some of these different life insurance policies and, and how they work, and maybe you guys can teach me a little bit something. Sounds good. uh, We'll be right back. Talk 1370. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show where we're talking about an essential but often overlooked component of your wealth management strategy life insurance. So you guys were kind of explaining to me a little bit how it works and that it can be used for something other than a death benefit, which is is news to me. Uh, And and I think that's pretty interesting. Can you guys break down maybe some different types of life insurance and and how you can use them and, uh, you know, some of the details? 
Sure. So from the, the fundamental standpoint of death benefit, um, there's always been basically two kinds, whole life and term, or another way to say it would be permanent and term insurance. So term insurance is for a term of time. If you die during that term of time, somebody gets some money. If you don't, nobody gets anything, and there's no living benefit to it. There's no cash value. Whole life, as the name implies, uh, lasts for your whole life. So at 25, the insurance company takes a look at me and says, you're in great shape, you get a preferred rate, and then I get diagnosed with something bad three or four years later, I've still got my rates locked in. If I get a 10-year term policy and the same thing happens when it's up for renewal, all of a sudden my rates are going to go up significantly above and beyond what the age is going to do it because I've got a different health condition. So it's always better to have permanent insurance overall when you can. Now, that being said, let's say I'm a 30-year-old attorney. I just uh, passed the bar exam. I've got four or $500,000 worth of student loans to back up and a wife that's been working three jobs to put me through law school and she's expecting to drive a Lexus and have a swimming pool and vacation in Hawaii. So that's why we go to law school. Exactly. <laughs> but for the next 10 years, I'm going to be filing briefs and getting coffee for the real attorney. So if something happens to me, my kid's not going to college, she's not going to get that lifestyle. So a big couple million dollar term policy for 10 years to bridge that gap would be appropriate. 10 years goes by, now I'm a partner in the firm, I'm making lots of money, I don't need that policy anymore. Um, a whole life policy would be something that you start that is going to encompass you know everything that you need for the rest of your life. As you get older, your insurance needs typically increase, have a couple more kids, bite off a bigger mortgage, et cetera, and so on. So you want to lock that in. Um, the hopeful result of a whole life policy or a permanent policy is that once we get past that need, we're in our 60s now, kids are out of college, house is paid off, got a couple million in the bank, and the person who was working is now retired, so we don't have a paycheck to insure. We don't really typically need the death benefit for most people at that point. Now we've got a nice big chunk of cash value that we can go back in and access, and we can access it tax-free. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That was Dropping a run. the knowledge. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I hope you got that on recording there, Sean. Oh, I um, forgot to hit record. Okay. <laughs> so... That that was strong. Um, I'll I'll, keep, I'll 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 just uh, go a little different direction. So term is the le- least expensive um, insurance, as Jess was was indicating there, for the highest death benefit. Whereas mm-hmm. you know whole life or more permanent policies, these universal life policies that we're going to get into, you have the ability to treat them uh, as an investment and not just uh, a death benefit. So. So yeah, I mean that's that in, in a nutshell that's what it is. But what there's really two areas we focus on, and when we talk about wealth management, retirement planning. So just instead of talking about the the broad whole world of, of life insurance, uh, I mean we I've, we've probably in ten years done you know ten term policies. So that's just not that that's not what we do just straight term. Yeah, it seems like clients, you would only get a like a, a 10 year term policy if you're actually planning on dying in the next 10 years. Well, yeah, it doesn't really make sense it, to me. It'd be real expensive um, to do that too. And the in term, you know, you're there's a 99 point something percent chance that the that the, you're never going to see any money. The insurance companies right. win. That that they've got it dialed in. That's yeah. what actuaries do. They have a formula. They have a formula. Yeah. yeah. So but what's where we use life insurance from a wealth management tool and a, an estate planning tool and even a tax planning st- tool is we we either help people set up accounts that they can draw down tax-free income from. Mm-hmm. So think Roth IRA. There's some similarities. This isn't an IRA, but we can actually set up a life insurance vehicle that you can pull down tax-free income. Death benefits are tax-free too. 
Mm. A lot of people don't know that. But if you, if you get a million dollar death benefit off a life insurance policy, zero taxes. So okay. get your head around that for a minute. You can also pull it out while you're living tax-free. So we use them for tax-free income strategies, okay, which is a, a still a big secret. A lot of people don't know about that. And then the other side would be more estate and, and wealth transfer strategies for for the wealthy. You know, you, if you think about it, if you want to pass on, you know, a, a large sum of money uh, to to your beneficiaries, and you want to do it tax free, you can set up some some larger policies that have the ability to transfer wealth tax free, and also deal with potential death tax or estate tax. So that that's where the conversation goes with a lot of our clients. So with that said, you know we we focus on either tax free income or or wealth transfer, you know, tax free inheritance or or tax planning in general with life insurance. Right. So to address the second topic you were talking about there, um, when we do have clients that come in and after we've planned out all their income, we've caught every single well as much as we can contingencies on that, and we wind up with several million dollars sitting there that we know they're not going to spend. This money is going to pass down no matter what. Okay. Why not take a million of that four million and turn it into another three million to pass it on down? You're not gonna spend it, you might as well leverage it up and get it on out of there tax-free. So that's the, those are the really fun portfolios when we talk about um, legacy planning that also allows you to then know that that other three million you never were gonna spend, well, maybe you spend some of it on some fun stuff you wouldn't normally do because you've already got the legacy covered down to the kids. Okay, that's smart. So. You're basically not just, you know, wait until you die to use that money. It's actually actually something you can use to to accumulate. Exactly. And then the other side of that, and this is not as important anymore. This changes with pretty much every administration. But um, when you're talking about a state tax, mm, yeah, state tax can be huge. It can be nothing or something in between. But I have sold very very large policies to people specifically to cover the tax on the estate. So back when we had the 50% estate tax and somebody had $10 million, it's going to pass down. Five of that's going to the government. They buy a $5 million policy. They die. $10 million still goes down to the beneficiaries because of the tax has been covered by the life insurance policy. Okay. Is that, uh, is that cheating Uncle Sam? or uh... No, not at all. It's using <laughs> Uncle Sam's rules to benefit ourselves the best way we can. Yeah, I guess he made the rules. So. Yeah, well, Uncle Sam uh, makes the rules on taxes, and, and they understand. But what's interesting, uh, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. And for, for our, our more astute listeners out there that are dialed in when we talk about tax planning, you know, one, one of the things that – you know that Jess and I talked about a, a, a long time ago when we started to really dial into these these tax-free life insurance you know, plans. Like it's essentially like setting up a tax-free pension, a defined benefit plan using life insurance. Okay. We discovered that that there's certain restraints that that the IRS put on these contracts on these vehicles so that they're not abused and 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 the IRS doesn't end up losing too much tax revenue. So we think we at first it's like, okay, well, I, I guess I understand that. But then when you start to think about it, it's like anything the IRS has to put limitations on must be pretty cool, right? It must, there must be something <laughs> there. Keep talk, keep talking and tell me more because they sure aren't regulating, you know, you investing your money in, into stock, you know, how much you, you put in there. Of course, there's always yeah. suitability and compliance, but 
that this is the IRS getting involved. I'm not talking about just any regulator, but the IRS being worried about the nature of, of the investment because of the, the, the amount of tax-free income you can generate from it. When I heard that, I was like, all right, my, my smarter clients are really going to appreciate this because th- this is really good intel. Right. Well, that's because the, the people who make the rules know the rules. So what you're talking about is a modified endowment contract. And uh, back in the late 70s, early 80s, this, these things got very, very popular. It's, it's basically called overfunding. So you, you send more to the insurance company than they are asking in premium, and that additional money gets invested. Um, once the guys figured out that you could send in a single premium, send in a million dollars for a $100,000 life insurance policy, they were making tons of money tax-free. The feds caught on, and, and the basic premise was you've manipulated this contract so much that it no longer endows the beneficiary of the contract. It endows the owner. And that's not considered life insurance. So they put some limits on it in ratios, and we just operate within those limits, and it, it works out great. Sounds and like we're, we're going to get into more of this in the next section, uh, Sean, but we'll keep breaking it down. Are you still following us, by the way? Man, just barely. I'm barely <laughs> keeping up. It's a good thing we're recording it because I'm going to have to go back and listen to this. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot here. Is there is there a book out there I can go buy with, with all these little secrets in it? There's about to be one pretty soon by me. Nice. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, we got a break coming up, but I just want to remind you, if you want to learn more about us or if you want to come in, talk to Jaden, talk to Jess, figure out your wealth management strategy, you can visit us at noblecapital.com. We'll be back in just a second. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, we're discussing life insurance and how that fits into your overall wealth management strategy. In the last segment before the break, you guys were really taxing my brain here uh, with a few more details uh, than, than I can really handle. But it sounds like you guys obviously have a lot of information about how to incorporate life insurance into your wealth management strategy, your income plan. And I just want to say, if you're listening to us out there, you can actually come in and get an appointment to talk to these guys. They can review your portfolio, and you can learn a little bit more about how you can take advantage of some of these financial vehicles. And the easiest way to do that is a couple times a month, we hold retirement blueprint dinners here in Austin. And you can hear Jaden and Jess talk about some of the details of our strategy and how we approach retirement, income planning, and, and wealth management. And if you want to get reserved for one of these dinners, just visit us at noblecapital.com, and you can click on events, and you can RSVP right there on the website. Not, and by the way, it's not just a, any old dinner. Right. Oh man, so, it's not because I've been to a couple of yeah, them. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 love the good steakhouses. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. speaking of that, I heard that I know we we do a lot of them over at Fleming's at the Domain, and we we do stuff yep. at Trulux. Um, but the but Perry's is is actually coming to the Domain Pork Chop oh, Friday wow. Perry's. Nice. When I heard that, I was just, I'm 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 in. Sign me up. That's not, I love pork chops, but actually the, the next couple of retirement blueprint dinners, we have one on January 31st. That's a Thursday. And that one's going to be at True Lux up in the Arboretum area. It's over there next to Sprouts. And we have one coming up on February 19th 
also at True Lux in the Arboretum area. So go to noblecapital.com, click on events, and get yourself signed up. So you guys were throwing a whole bunch of details at me about life insurance. And I didn't even know there was that much to know about life insurance. But, you know, from, from my experience with life insurance, obviously, like I said, it's just a death benefit, right? You pay in and, and you die and, and your, your widow or your kids or whoever your beneficiaries are, they, they get whatever that life, life insurance policy is worth. And I've heard some horror stories, though, about people having life insurance policies and they get into their old age and they, they let the policy lapse. What happens in that type of case? That's not that's that's not something that happens very often. Um, the way these policies are set up, as I was saying before, you get if you get towards the end and you don't really need the death benefit, you've got the cash value left over. So if for some reason you quit making the premiums or they stop receiving them, the insurance company will automatically start paying for the premiums out of the cash value until that runs out. So there's a lot of safety built into it. They've got a um, that contingency right there. So for instance, let's say you've got a whole life policy you've been paying on for. I don't know, 40 or 50 years at $100 a month, and now you're 75 years old, you might have thirty, dollars $50,000 worth of cash value built up in it. So if you stop paying for the policy at that point, the premiums get funded out of the cash value. So it's, it's not that often that policies lapse from that. It's usually from either people not understanding what they were supposed to do or if they have increasing premiums that they at some point can't afford, that's where we see policies lapse. Yeah, the, you know, the, those are some of the... The, you know the, the you can call them ties the the tall tales the, the you know the the myths about life insurance some of this probably happened to somebody 20 30 40 years ago you know life insurance contracts are are constantly changing there's sure. you know they're 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 heavily regulated so there it's not just nilly-willy but you know there was contracts out there where things like them lapsing or the premiums going up you know unexpectedly those types of features were built in based on the type of contract you got. But, you know, people go through an experience with one of them. Like, for example, one that I've I've never personally owned and they, they've done away with these substantially is the old universal um, – Bar- excuse me, straight up universal life. The variable. Uh, well, there's variable and then there's universal yeah, life. Yeah, the variable life. Excuse me. So – when we're talking variable, you, people don't don't realize this, but you, you can actually buy a life insurance contract, and your money gets invested in the stock market, mm. in in the life insurance contract. And what what determines the the cash value is how those stock market accounts perform that you choose. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you're having a real bad year, uh, or even a bad long term secular bear market, a flatter declining you know growth market, then you could watch your cash value dwindle down quickly. Meanwhile, you're paying your premiums and your costs of insurance off of that. So all of a sudden, the insurance company calls you when your balance goes down below zero and says, hey, you need to send in X amount of premium because you don't have anything in your account to cover it. So if, if, if you tied your account to the stock market, you know you should have known you're up for, you could be up for a bumpy ride but yeah. a lot of people did that and felt kind of taken advantage of with those contracts well, why would somebody even buy an insurance policy like that that sounds pretty risky to me well the way the long term policies are structured and when I say long term I don't mean long term care but long term as opposed to a term policy um, for instance let's use a whole life policy you go to the insurance guy you say I want 100,000 dollars worth of coverage what's that going to cost me he says it's 100 bucks a month you say let's let's go in the beginning, out of that $100, maybe 20 of it pays for the insurance, and the other 80 gets invested. 
the proceeds from that investment come back into the policy because next year you're you're older, so your cost of insurance goes up. Now it's twenty one dollars instead of twenty. Hmm. So as your cost of insurance increases, eventually it will will be more than the premium. But if it's invested properly, that has been supplementing the premiums, and your your payment never goes up. But if that guy says it's a hundred bucks a month, and you say I don't know, I don't have a hundred, I got sixty. And they would say, well, let's do a variable policy. We'll throw it out in the market and assume the market's going to do better than the dividends from the company. So you can get by on 60 bucks a month as long as the market does well. But if gotcha. the market goes the other way, your cost of insurance eventually exceeds what's being supplemented, especially if there's a loss. And then all of a sudden your premium has to increase or it gets, or it gets uh, you know, declined. So, okay. so, and the good, I mean, the, the good news is we, we do not. So why do people not buy those? You know, why do people buy, buy something like that? Well, you know, we, we don't offer those. Uh, we don't offer variable products in general because we found the fees to be high and, and really there's yeah. a disadvantage to the to the client. So so let, let me ask you then, obviously, we're talking about setting people up with life insurance. I mean, is there what's out there that's better that, you know, can actually be beneficial or, or maybe less risky for, you know, our clients and, and for people out there who, who want to? Look yeah, into we, a life insurance we've policy. We've got several great products um, that that we'll we'll pull out of the toolbox uh, for the right need, but nothing we do is tied to the the, the stock market in in the sense that you're up, you can go up or down in the market. The way we play the game and we hedge it is with what's called index universal life and indexed accounts are tied to the to the different stock market buckets. But there's always a floor of zero, so they never go down. And I'll, I'll kick this off, you know, just by saying I when I learned about these four four or five years ago, I I was one of the first my, my first clients. I signed up and jumped on board. And for me, it was really a matter of setting up some guaranteed lifetime uh, income that's going to be there, or or some some predictable uh, long term income. Depends on how how you structure the income. But I said, look, for me, from age 65 to 95, I would like to have X amount of income. And by the way, this is tax-free income. Mm -hmm. So again, get your head around that. With so, with the only income I'm going to have as a as a pension or guaranteed mailbox money being Social Security, I don't I don't get a pension. So I needed to set up a pension. So I I got one of these contracts, and. Mine, I've been paying into now for five years, and it's growing nicely. And mine's tied to the S and P five hundred, and I get to share in about twelve and a half percent of the upside of the S and P five hundred every year in exchange for zero on the downside. The last four years, we've had an amazing S and P five hundred, so I've just been killing it, making twelve and a half percent on something that has no downside. So my, my account's been performing perfect. Now, if the market crashes, let's say in 2019 or 2020, and it goes down 20%, I don't lose any money. I, I just book a zero that year. So I, I like the prospects of, of that account. I like it so much that I set up one for my, my, my son and my daughter, mm -hmm. and theirs are beautiful because they have so much time to, to let those grow. But yeah. that's, that's a real example of, of how we use the instrument you know, for our clients. And it's very flexible on how much you pay in, when you pay in, and then how much you pull out and when you pull it out. So 12.5% is pretty good. Can you tie it to any of the indexes? You can tie it to pretty much any of the indexes, and there are various ways to tie it to each of the indexes. And you can make that change once per year if you want to. So that's great. So 
you make money when the stock market's doing good, but if the stock market tanks, you don't lose any money. You don't make any money, but you don't lose any money. And over time, that policy grows. And when you pass away, that money goes to your beneficiaries, right? Well, or you've got quite a bit to spend yourself before it gets to that point. That's that's kind of the purpose. Oh, really? Of the ones we do. Yeah. That's so. so it's so not. It's, so the money that you would draw out that I'm talking about from age 65 to 95, that's drawing down my death oh, benefit. Okay. Let's say let's say I had a two million dollar okay. death benefit. Well, I might have drawn down a million and a half of it while I'm living as ta- as oh. income, but then that means that remaining 500 would go to my beneficiaries tax free. Okay. So it, it it has the ability to do both, and then some people. We're, we're, we're setting those up for them to have a bucket that they can pull down for health care expenses that come up. And, and if something comes up, they can pull it down tax-free, which is a, a really nice bucket, knowing that if you don't touch it, it's going to get passed on to your family or your beneficiaries tax-free. So you're, you're, you're loading up your, your barns with, with tax-free um, you know, harvest, which is, which is going to be really nice down, you know, down line. So, so the beauty of that, there's, there's, it's, there's only one of three things, right? You're either dead, you're not in very good shape, or you're in great shape. So you're in great shape, you get to spend the money skiing and doing whatever you want. You're not in such good shape, you get to spend it towards long-term care. And if you did so well that you never needed any of those, then you pass the whole thing down as a death benefit, or as opposed to a long-term care policy. If I don't need long-term care, I get nothing out of it. And it's always going to be tax-free. The way the tax-free status works is pretty cool. You're basically borrowing the money from yourself out of the death benefit. So when um, the IRS was formed and they were trying to decide who to take money from, they said, let's not pick on widows. So the laws were written very specifically. Insurance, Life insurance is not taxable, and it's never going to be taxable. It's just not going to happen. So a loan is not taxable. If I borrow $100,000 or $200,000 from my death benefit, it's a loan against the policy. I just never pay it back. So if I had a million-dollar death benefit and I borrowed 200000 out of it and went and had fun with it, when I die, my beneficiary gets a million minus the 200000 I didn't pay tax. They don't pay tax. It's been going on for a while. You know, A lot of people don't realize J.C. Penney's was completely, totally funded out of a loan, out of a life insurance policy. Oh, McDonald's wow. was the same way. Even Disneyland was started with money that somebody pulled out of a life insurance policy. That sounds like you can, over time, accumulate quite a bit through through these type of policies now i mean is this something you have to get when you're young and healthy or how, you, how old are you sean i'm i'm 40 years old, 40 years old. you get it yeah. when you're 40 years old yeah. so, oh, yeah. exactly. are you trying to sell me a life no there's, there's, never, there's never a better time than now but yeah. to answer your question specifically we have 65 68 year old clients that do this all the time we structure it where you pay in for four or five years and then you're done and just let it accumulate, and it rides from there. Okay, so you don't have to pay for 20, 30, 40 years in order to, to get something substantial and useful. No, but if, but if you do, it's pretty awesome. Like yeah. Jaden's kids, I mean, that's going to be paid into for decades, and yeah. the benefit from that is going to be, you know, 7 to 1, 10 to 1. I mean, it's, it's a ridiculous wow. return. The answer really is that you can – it's flex. It's called flexible premium, so you can pay in, you know, over a long period of time or a short period of time. For our clients, real quick, before we go to the break – most of them want to get that money in as quick as possible and get it accumulating and growing. So we have clients that come in and they, in, in four years or five years, they load it up with as much as they would have loaded you know, over the last 20 or 30 years and really get it growing. Wow, that's cool. You know, if you folks out there want to learn more, again, just go to noblecapital.com. You can either sign up for one of our retirement blueprint dinners or you can just give us a call. Or shoot us an email. If you want to come in and find out about this stuff, sit down with Jess or sit down with Jaden. 
That's all you got to do. We'll be right back after this break. Talk 1370. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we are back. If you just tuned in, we've been having a conversation about life insurance. And I got to tell you, I didn't know that there was so much to know about life insurance. I thought we were going to do like the first four minutes of this this hour and just be out of stuff to talk about. But you guys have really, really dropped some knowledge. And I feel a lot smarter for having sat here at the table with you guys. But right now, we're going to go into a segment that we call Tales from the Trenches. We're sitting here with two experienced, seasoned financial advisors who have sat across the table from hundreds, maybe thousands of clients in our office here at Noble Capital. And they've seen a lot of stuff and they have a lot to share. So, you know, lay it on me. Do you, do you guys have something, you know, interesting, unconventional or memorable that, that you can think of involving a life insurance policy for a client? Absolutely. There's there's a number of them, and you're right. We've we've sat down uh, between the two of us just here. We've sat down with thousands of people, and and talked about wealth management, retirement planning, life insurance comes up in in almost every conversation. Even even if we're just checking in to see what life insurance they have, and you know, just kind of checking their 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 understanding and and their knowledge around life insurance, because we. One of the first things we want to talk about is tax, and 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 that's that's the story that comes to mind for me is we had a a client come in, and this for me this was about four years ago that I met her and her, and her husband for the first time. She's an executive, high power executive, and she had a, a significant amount of money free up that she wanted to invest, and she was looking at the time at, at just going right into the stock market. She's, she was still young in her mid mid fifties. And when, when you look back, if, if we would have put this money in, I'm just going to throw a round number at let's, let's say it was 500,000, just round number. Mm-hmm. It would be worth about, it'd be up to about seven fifty eight hundred thousand now over the last four years in the market it would have been nice, nice little run there. Now with, the the most recent jitters i got i got a call from her because what what we decided to do was not go in the market with this money there was already some some exposure to the market in in her portfolio so i i advised against it and recommended one of these iuls these index universal life contracts and and where she really what really did it for what tilted the scale is the fact that she didn't have a pension even though she was with corporate america she was looking for something that would give her some some predictable income in retirement that was other than social security and then when she realized it was going to be tax free income and that she could event she could basically pay in $100,000 a year over 5 years and then pull out almost 2 million dollars of tax free income out of wow. this contract wow it was you know well let's let's see if we do this versus invest in the market and e- even if the market does great when you look at the tax situation, it, 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 it was a it was a no brainer for her. So she chose safety, she chose taxes, she chose predictability, 
and she called it she called a couple weeks ago just just thanking me for for pointing her in that direction i i got about 40 bucks to spare can i get one of these policies can you hook me up that's the, probably a little bit under the under the line that oh, oh man well so what about you jess anything come to mind you know trying to think when it was it was in february i know that so i guess it was february of 16 um, before we had this incredible incredible run and the, the market's been doing w- really well for seven eight nine years but we we had a dip right there and that was you know noble capital is is not noble's main thrust is the real estate lending so i, I was my own little island over the side that was the uh, the, the investment guy i guess to most of the employees mm. so everybody's 401k was kind of sucking wind a little bit and people were coming to me saying hey what do I need to do about this? And so I had mentioned to a couple of them, I've got an alternative to that. And what we ended up doing with enough interest, I just brought everybody into the conference room and said, okay, here's how Index Universal Life works. Here's how this money invested here can do for you. And I had one appointment after the uh, next for, I don't know, two weeks. And so many of the, of the employees that had not really heard of this, didn't understand it, came in, reduced how much they were contributing to their 401k and started throwing premiums at Index Universal Life policies. And now most of the, most of the employees here have a policy that they would not have had otherwise. Well, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm sold, Jess. Uh, I'm going to come knocking on your, your office door Bring it. this week. And, and you're, you're young. I, I think I can scrape up more than 40 bucks. Yeah, there you go. He, he but, could turn 40 bucks into you know, a few hundred bucks for you, Sean. I think. I, I'll take it. I, I mean, that's, that sounds great. Well, I'll tell you what. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is, where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode. And I get to decide how they have to deliver it. Every week, I seal up the guidelines for the game in the Seanvelope, and I open it live on air so they never know what to expect. I don't always stump them, but when I do, they have to buy me a $100 gift card to Radio Shack. <laughs> Is Radio Shack even still open? Oh, what? It's... Uh, can I can I change that? Yeah, you can change it. We'll make it to Flemings. <laughs> All right, let's let her rip. Sum up today's episode in exactly three words. You have exactly three words to sum up today's episode. the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that's your time. What'd you come up with? Who wants to go first? Jaden always goes first. He always beats me, inevitably. Nah, Let's hear it, man. I'll, I'll go first this time, but I'm gonna make I'm gonna make him go first. He, <laughs> he, he it's a little psychological edge. He, well, maybe we'll start taking turns second. each episode. Are, are you gonna go? No, because I already knew what it was. I could have been sitting here this whole time, like okay. just making up something. But so when I think of today's show, talking about life insurance, life to the fullest. The three words that come to mind are predictability, taxes, and safety. That's what it's all about. That's about as practical as you can get. Yeah. Mitigate risk. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 
for me, you, for me, it's very. It's my favorite asset class, and it's it's uh, just happens to be three words: index, universal life. Boom. <laughs> that was pretty much a gimme, right? I think I, I think I gave that one to you. Exactly. I'll, I'll have to not try it. Not quite a drop the mic moment, but pretty close. Yeah, man, it's it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Well, I'm going to have to review the tape on this one and see who gets enshrined on the wall of wisdom, better known as Instagram. <laughs> you, have to, you have to do yeah instant replay. Yeah. Run it in slow motion. Yeah. Now, I, I can do that. I can actually slow it down. Uh, you know, you guys have taught me a lot in this episode, and, and I feel a little bit less like a financial dummy after after having talked with you guys about this. And, you know, you don't have to be a financial dummy to come in and talk to Jaden or Jess about your wealth management strategy, your retirement income strategy. Just visit noblecapital.com, sign up for one of our retirement blueprint dinners, or you can shoot us an email and we'll get back in touch with you. And also, don't forget, we are out there on the social medias. So you can find us on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, on Twitter at Noble Capital TX. We even take tweets. And you can download every episode of our podcast anywhere that you find your podcasts. That's it. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly-owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation for from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.